This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. We are in the beautiful beautiful Etegwini, right? Itegu Elise Ekakasini. And for people who've often wondered, why would we call Durban Etegwini? So my uh, bit of Isi Zulu that I know as a Zulu girl, and I hope I don't disappoint my father here, Itegu is a wave. So we are here in the city of waves by the sea. Uh, you laugh, DG, because all, you know, although I'm a Zulu girl, everybody says I speak Isi Zulu as if I was a white person, but it is what it is. <laughs> but I know the vocab, you know what I mean? Um, we are here at the Olive Convention Center, and we discover new places in KwaZulu-Natal all the time. You think that Durban only has the ICC? Well, it has quite close to the beach, the Olive Convention Center, and this is where the plan is being unveiled. It is the post-school education and training plan, uh, a white paper first published in 2013, then it's been negotiated, um, reviewed, and uh, ultimately adopted 2021. And now what's happening is the Minister of Higher Education, Dr. Bongosi uh, Blade Nzimande, together with his DG, the leaders of the administration, and stakeholders from universities to TVET colleges, private colleges they are here to say right how do we make the plan really come alive and what we're told in the seventh administration so all of these years it's been the building blocks next it's the implementation and the sense is that post elections next year this should kick in as not just policy but livable programs that are being pursued in higher education to give exposure to young people to different facets of education. Everybody wants to go to university, that's fine if you're really academically research inclined, but perhaps you're technical and logical, you should be going to a technical college and perhaps you can't travel those distances, you should be in a community college and all the while using your God-given talents, harnessing them to find solutions in and around you from water problems to energy problems to food supply issues to waste management issues and then yes to the big policy stuff everybody's got their place under the sun and that's what a post-school education system is all about we're now in conversation with the director general for the department of higher education science and innovation dr Gosnati sishi thank you so much doctor for being with us thank you dg it's a privilege to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> you laughed at my Isi Zulu. Isi Zulu. Isi Zulu, is what people say. But You're doing all... <laughs> very well. You're doing very well. <laughs> oh, okay, so let's talk about what is referred to as the plan. What is envisaged? If you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And we are not planning to fail the people of South Africa. Uh, but we've also learned a number of things. One of them is that we are very good in conceptualizing plans, but very poor in implementing them. And uh, one of the issues has been that in the past, perhaps our timing of uh, launching such plans has also not been good. This time around, it's the end, or it's towards the end of the sixth administration, and therefore uh, the, the beginning of the seventh administration. We do not want the work that has been done over the last six years to fall through because there's new people who are taking over the administration. 
uh, and this is our experience and we want to make sure that this is done. Okay, I just want to be clear here for the sake of your compadres. Are you expecting new people to be taking over the administration? Uh, sometimes it's not the new people in terms of uh, the warm bodies, but it is ideas. Right. It is the manifesto. It is the, you know, it's, it's important that we keep building on the successes of the past instead of starting afresh each time there is an individual who's uh, in the in the steering of any organization whether they are directors generals or they are ministers or they are senior officials uh, this is not quite related to higher education but it's the principle of public administration that you're referring to and i often say this about britain because you know i know the uk is that it doesn't matter which party wins an election the tories or labor it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if it's a coalition. It doesn't even matter if it's a faction within a party. Absolutely. David Cameron versus uh, Boris Johnson. No. The work of government stays the same. The 10-year plans continue to be pursued regardless of what, look, what it looks like at the strategic leadership Absolutely. level. Absolutely. The state remains the same. And this is what you're saying, is that it doesn't matter whether an ANC wins or loses an election. It doesn't matter whether the minister is redeployed elsewhere or you're still DG. The work of higher education needs to remain consistent. And that's what you're doing here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what today is about. We want to say to many young currently, the post-school education and training consists of universities. We've got uh, 26 universities in South Africa. And you know that the last two universities we built uh, in the uh, last uh, two administrations. And uh, this is uh, Mpumalanga University and Solplaki University. And uh, please, uh, South Africans, make uh, yourself, do yourself a favor, visit these universities and see the beauty of South Africa and see what we are doing in education. We've just completed 10 new campuses of TVET colleges to make sure that these institutions come closest to where the majority of our people live so that accessibility to our institution is uh, achieved. Uh, community education and training, many people don't know what, what we mean by community yeah. education and training colleges. In the past we used to call these adult uh, centers. Right. Where, uh, you know, adult South Africans who may not have completed schooling would then do their matric and finish. And, and, and others would call them finishing schools. Mm -hmm. But we've broadened the concept so that uh, uh, generally we improve the standard of living of South Africans. Right. If you want to learn to dance, if you want to learn to cook, mm. if you want to learn a new skill, mm. you know, you might be a doctor, but you just want to do your own plumbing. Mm or you just want to help uh, you know, charity mm. on an area, but you want to sharpen and hone your skills in that area. Mm. That is what community uh, education is about. I mean, what, you, what you're doing is painting for us the spectrum, not just of the capacity and the institutions that are available to teach and learn, but the kinds of skills that are required. So on the one side of the spectrum are universities, critical thinking, deep thinking, research, high-level training. In the middle of the spectrum are the TVID vocational training colleges, where somebody might not quite want to study engineering at university, but can still study engineering technicalities Absolutely. Um, within the TVID college. And then on the other side of the spectrum, the adult centers, the community centers, somebody wants to fine-tune their cooking skills because actually they're destined to be a chef or uh, a caterer.
but we will have a DG coming out of one section. We will have the plumbers, electrical engineers, the entrepreneurs in this section, and we will have this other creative entrepreneur on the other side. And all of those people can contribute to South Africa. Absolutely. And this is really, really crucial. That is why the principle for South African education is lifelong learning and development. There is no time you you stop learning. That is why the National Qualifications Framework uh, builds bridges between those who would have trained and gained experience in workplaces and they want to progress without having to restart a module uh, but instead progress from what their experience is. That's why we have introduced recognition of prior learning as a a method to assess the accumulated experience of anybody in their own areas so that when they want to progress they are these skills are portable they they move with them wherever they go whether they go to varsities or they go to TVET colleges so the plan that we are presenting today firstly what we have done is to simplify it so that it is accessible to everyone who's involved in education and outside of education so that when you read it you know already what is it that you are going to judge this this system about on which areas what have we committed ourselves to do Uh, how do have we prioritized the resources at our disposal if we say this is the budget of education how would you know if we don't have a plan that we are putting money and resources in the key areas that uh, speak to the needs of society okay so from the example you've used just very Hypothetically, you could be somebody who went to university and studied medicine, the doctor you've spoken about. So you've got that very high level skill. But perhaps you've been running a, a community cooking uh, school for patients. Absolutely. And now you want to fine tune that into becoming a chef. The fact that you've been running this cooking center for five years needs to count in your favor as you transition from doctor to chef or vice versa. Absolutely. Because I think. Uh, when we compartmentalize programs, it is just for the ease uh, of control and, 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 and accreditation. But uh, what is basically these things are about, they are about fundamental skills uh, and, you know, for training and development. Now, I know that annually you do a skills audit, um, but can you, give us a, can you paint us a picture as to what South Africa needs? and what South Africa has? Yeah, I'm so happy you asked this question. Uh, in the last five years, we launched what we called the Labor Market Intelligence Program. Yeah. Uh, because what we wanted to do is to say, how would we know, for example, that the curriculum that we're offering in the school is speaking to the needs of the economy and society? We'll never get to know about that unless we do research. And, and when we do that research, we go to the future first and see how the future looks like and then uh, track backwards to where we are and then say I saw the future that I've chosen and it looks like this and because it looks like that the skills therefore that I need to uh, impart to these youngsters that are in the institutions are the following for example we talk about the the fourth and the fifth industrial revolution and uh, if you understand uh, 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 blockchain and all the skills that are associated with that uh, you, you we should have 20 30 40 years ago have anticipated it and started to direct 
schooling, direct universities towards that that that, that Future, area. Yeah. So it is really really crucial that we 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 do a skills audit. So what we do annually, we produce a report uh, uh, that is called occupations in high demand, okay. and we keep revising this report so that our institutions each year they are able to see if their programs are relevant to the direction that we have uh, chosen. Okay, so as you say that, you know, I think the, the common term is we're future-proofing. We are imagining what that future is based on evidence, and now we are preparing people so that we are ready for that future. It doesn't catch us unawares. And you've mentioned the future being AI-driven, machine learning-driven, and I'm wondering when we reimagine, as you're sitting in, 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 in government with fellow DGs, and, and I know at times you all get to, get to sit and brief cabinet, what is that reimagining? What is that South Africa of the future so that we can all kind of walk in tandem? The South Africa of the future is a South Africa that is part and parcel of the rest of the region where South Africa is located. Right. It's part of the SADC region. It's part of Africa as a continent but also it's part of the rest of the world. Uh, we've just been hosting BRICS, and uh, it has actually made many South Africans to pay attention uh, to the fact that the South Africans were actually part, uh, and we are responsible for the solution to the problems of the, of the rest of the world. Uh, we do not want young people exiting our system who can only function within South African borders. We want young people who are going to be part of the solution of the rest of the world. We should not be saying our economy is, is not able to absorb young people because we've produced young people that can move into any other economy anywhere in the world. Right. Recently I visited young uh, South Africans who are beneficiaries to scholarships yeah. in South Africa, in Russia, in USA, in Finland, yeah. in Hungary. Uh, youngsters with PhDs in nuclear physics, youngsters and, and, and other countries immediately they finish, they want to make offers yeah. to them yeah. because they recognize the progress right. they've made. What we want to do is to make education accessible to even that youngster in the village yeah. who's not in USA right now yeah. but who is uh, helping parents tilt right. the land, making sure that they make a living, they must have access right. to quality education and opportunity. Okay, so from what you're saying, I can almost map it up for myself. So global solutions, climate change, and that's going to need things like space tech. And so you want to be producing these engineers who can either be sitting in this, uh, uh, the, the, the space shuttles and the telescopes over the center of the earth <laughs> and mapping and mapping the earth in agriculture absolutely that's the, that's the, those are the people you're talking about we're talking biotech medicine you're wanting those people who may not be doctors but will bring in the technology that doctors will use to find new kinds of cancers my daughter is a grade 11 uh, student yeah she's uh, been in the last two weeks she's uh, doing galaxies studying galaxies I mean, I only did that in astrology at yeah. university, but it is now part of a curricula of a grade 11 student yeah. in, the, in South Africa. So she can see herself as an astronaut. Absolutely. Day. Right now, as at that young age, she must see herself, you know, in the future of, uh, that we never imagined right. uh, as we were growing up. Okay, the green the tech The hydrogen well. economy, yes. you know, uh, with South Africa, which is so large deposit of platinum, 
uh, we should be the leaders of the hydrogen economy yeah. in South Africa. And, and we mustn't just train young people to dig gold. Yes. And then uh, it gets exported to be refined abroad. Instead, we must have uh, platinum and be able to refine mm. platinum into various products within our country led by our own uh, uh, students. I like what we, we are doing at Prasa uh, with rail. Okay. Uh, we are building our, our own, own trains. trains by our own engineers. That is what we want to see in South Africa in the rest of the and economy. those new digitalized uh, trains as well. Absolutely. Not pumping steam no. or whatever it is. Okay, I get it. Okay, so let's talk about, you know, matching skills. South Africa has an obsession with universities, and I put my hand up. I have those parents. I am that person as well. You had to get out of school and go to university. That was your only option. University first option, university second option, university third option. And we're told that's actually part of the problem. Not everybody's made for university. Not even because if you go to university, you're smart, but because some people are better doing other things, and now they're being forced to go the university route. The backbone of any economy anywhere in the world, uh, if you go to Germany right now, the backbone of the German economy is technical and vocational education and training. That's why if you go to a vocational uh, education and training institution in Germany and you, you look at the automobile uh, uh, discipline, they are not uh, um, uh, practicing on old uh, vehicles, the, the, the latest Ferrari, the latest uh, model of any vehicle is what they are trained at. And when they exit, they move to Formula One and they become the technicians that run the, the, the best engines, you know, of uh, you know, uh, 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 whatever vehicle. I think this is what South African uh, plan for education is about. It is pointing us to the direction of the future we have chosen. And we are privileged to present this today. Okay. And so obviously the plan has been a long time in the making, a white paper in 2013. So we're talking more than 10 years of thinking through some of these solutions, to be fair. In essence, what is it telling the stakeholders? First, it is saying that in South Africa, human resource development is a priority. Because before the minerals in our country, what comes first is the people. And therefore, our best resource is the people of South Africa. And therefore, this plan is about how we convert. If you look at our constitution, the, the preamble of the constitution says, we want to free the potential of each person. This is what the plan is about. How are we going to free the potential of each one of our youngsters and adults who wants to continue with education? And as you say, finally, this is about transitioning from the sixth administration, which is this government, into the seventh administration, whichever government is elected next year. And this needs to be a building block for that seventh administration, the human capital development of the country. So can we say after today, it's a concrete plan. It is a document that everybody can have, every TVET college, every community college, every university can have um, in their filing system to say, this is what we're working towards. Absolutely. When we speak about articulation, we speak about the, the ability to move from one institution, whether it is a community education or a university, to the other. And, and, and this plan, and 
it shows how this must be done, how it will be done. And I think uh, 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 one thing that we've identified as a hindrance to our uh, plans in the past has been multiple plans. Everybody has a plan. And uh, at the end of the day, we actually don't know which one it, it, it works. And they are also costly and, uh, and, 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 and not, uh, because they are not cost effective, it uh, undermines the, the progress of the nation. Uh, so what we've done is we've, we've, we've also in the process of uh, finalizing this plan ensure that we coordinate mm. all plans of all government departments mm. into what we call a master plan, plan. Right. so that uh, it doesn't matter if you are in forestry uh, you know or you are in in science and technology or you you are in which area of responsibility mm. but this the the core skills the core values mm. the fundamental skills that you accumulate help you to trans okay. To, to move around seamlessly from one area to the other. Okay, so I'm hearing this as we say thank you very much to the Director General, Dr. Nkosnati Sishi. You were saying even if you're in forestry and fisheries and you think we need more marine biologists, you can, as you're planning your programs, call the Department of Higher Education and say, what is the pipeline of training for marine biologists? And you can say, definitely 100 by the end of this education cycle. And so they know that those skills are there. Uh, Treasury says, do we have uh, any more uh, people with DFILs and, and finance skills? And, and you can say, yes, this is what's coming. This is the throughput from university. And health can know. Absolutely. This is how many doctors are coming out of the system. It assists us to, to know the numbers. Okay. Uh, how many do we already have? How many more okay. do we still need to train? I think those are really important and practical you know, okay. examples that assist uh, a local business to plan the expansion of their own business, knowing where human capital is going right. to come. But it also helps our own home affairs to understand how many non-South Africans come inside the country with what skills, what do we have and what don't we have. Okay. So that if you are a skilled non-South African coming to the country, you articulate with the broad skills base of uh, the country. I think that's a great place to leave it. We've been in conversation with the Director General uh, in the Department of Higher Education, uh, Science and Innovation, Dr. Ngosnati Sishi. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.